Thank you guys. It's a pleasure to be here tonight at Life Source. Uh, as you can see, I'm wearing my serious shirt. Uh, look, really quickly, before we get started, I just want to say, look, uh, you know, seriously, happy Mother's Day. Holler at your mum. Um, we have one mum. I'm going to give you a hug because I want everyone to know that in my first sermon, I hugged every mum in the church for Mother's Day. Hey, happy Mother's Day. Alrighty. Look, uh, let's really quickly, let's just pray and, uh, and then we get started. So, uh, Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for... Uh, Another amazing week that um, it doesn't matter what goes right and wrong. It's it's the opportunities we have to bring God's love and God's grace and God's acceptance to other people. Father, I just want to uh, really just thank you for that opportunity, Father, because we don't deserve it. And there's nothing we can ever do to deserve it. But your love and your unconditional grace and forgiveness, that's what gives us the amazing ability to do what we do. So I just want to thank you all for that tonight. Amen. All right, so... I uh, sat down to write the sermon and I was kind of laughing because I was thinking about Mike Barrett's last sermon where he was talking about his big evangelical sermon and he sat down and God was like, I want you to do this. And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, man, it sucks to be him. I was like, cool, God, what do you want to do? And he's like, we're going to do something different. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do something different. He's like, you get speaking metaphors. You love speaking metaphors. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then he told me what it was. I was like, oh, they're never going to let me preach again. So, I love you, Steve. I want you to know that. But uh, something I've, I've learned, and especially over the last sort of year and a half, two years, is saying no to God is uh, it's sort of as pointless as yelling echo in space. It's like there's, there's no point, so don't do it. <clears throat> so, without further ado... I would like to entitle tonight's sermon, if I can get this going, God's Cheeseburger. That's actually a picture of Jamie. We made uh, cheeseburgers yesterday, and that was the exact same uh, look on his face. So thanks, Jamie, for letting me take that photo. (laughs) So there are several parts to a cheeseburger, if it's a decent cheeseburger. You can go to McDonald's, that's not a cheeseburger. That's just a, a misguided dream. But uh, if it's a decent cheeseburger and like, you know, you can't even fit the whole bad boy in your mouth from top to bottom, that's a cheeseburger and there are several parts to it. And it's exactly the same as life, especially spiritual life. And that's what we're going to take a look at today. So today we're actually going to deconstruct cheeseburger. We do it. No. So you got the bun. Now in life... Your bun is your the outer appearance of what happens. It's what happens to you. It's what everyone sees. It's what's in the surface. Right? And often, the bun is not an accurate representation of what's on the inside. You can have a phenomenal looking bun. You're like, yes! And you dig your teeth in when you throw the rest of the bin. But you can also have some very disappointing looking buns. But what's inside makes up for it because it's not what the appearance is. But if we get further into it, um, <laughs> I'm about to gra- bag on uh, Griffith McDonald's because they never get my order right. I don't even go there anymore because I rock up. I'm like, hey, can I have a cheeseburger on a steamed bun? And I get it. I'm like, oh, look, a bowling ball. So I've stopped going there. But um, I realized something the last time I went there is how often do we just have like the audacity to just order things from God like he's the manager of a takeout joint. I'm not going to lie. I've done it before. God, I want a, uh, 
a main course of Lamborghini, please, with a uh, nice place in uh, Manly and, uh, you know, uh, some other really cool things like a million bucks, but, uh, you know, whatever. I, I, I can wait in the, in the parking bay while you generate that order and just bring it to me. That's fine. But um, it's not really how it works, is it? I'll share a little bit of a story with you. Um, and this is a little bit of an embarrassing story, so you guys enjoy it. So feel free to pay me out later. Um, one of my dreams since I was three years old was to play rugby league for the Kangaroos, which is the Australian rugby league team. And which is ironic because I didn't start playing football until I was 16. And even then, I still didn't have my parents approve. We weren't going to that. But uh, that's always been the dream. And something I used to do when I psyched myself up for games is I used to actually pretend I was at the start of an origin match. So I've always wanted to play for the Blues as well. Always wanted that number one jersey for the Blues. And you know how they sit there and before the game and they've got the lineup and they sit there and go, okay, let's look at the Queensland lineup. In uh, number one, we've got Darius Boyd from Kalinda Special School, fourth grade. And uh, he's going to be taking the number one jersey. And they keep going through. I, I'm, I'm begging that right, Darius Boyd. I'll be nice to him from now on. Um, and they go through that. I used to do that. And before the game, I'd have my jersey on, I'd have my shorts on, my socks on, and I'd stand there and be like, okay, okay, let's take a look at the New South Wales lineup for a second. And in Angus, uh, in, in number one, we've got Angus Lenahan. And I'd sort of stand there in front of the mirror and I'd be like, Angus Lenahan, New South Newcastle Lions. And that's how I stopped myself up because I was like, I'm in origin. Let's go out and like smash people. And it's good fun. Um, but... I've put that on the side for, for a while. I don't know how long, possibly permanently. And um, occasionally I think about it. And the last time I kind of ordered something from God, like a takeout restaurant, was when I, I was probably about a month ago. I woke up on a Thursday morning. I had to come into church, say Bible college. And I woke up, I looked up at my wall, and there's this pathway for me to make it to the NRL. It's got all the teams I can get selected for. It's just this big board I have on my wall. And it's got all the different competitions and all the different ways I can make it big. And I said, God, what am I doing? Like, I love it here. I love Life Source. I love Bible College. But, like, I've got a team in Sydney that's willing to pay big bucks for me to come down there. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting paid 50 bucks a game. Yeah, good 20. Like, what am I doing? I was like, God, I really want to play Origin. <laughs> I actually remember looking up. I was like, God, I really want to play Origin. And God was like, you know what, Angus? If you want to play Origin, go for it. You need a PlayStation? In the meantime, hurry up and finish Bible College. I've got plans for you. And um, it kind of reminded me of, of Jeremiah 29.11. I really do believe that it sums up the bread bun so perfectly. So for those of you who don't know, it, uh, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. Let me get that up on the screen. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And something that I'm, I'm realizing, much to my disgust, is I may never play Origin. And that's a real pill to swallow because it's something I've wanted for my entire my life. But Something I'm starting to realize is that, you know, my, my call to, to Bible college and my call to hopefully become a pastor one day is I could have thousands of new friends to rock up to heaven with one day. And how cool would that be in comparison to playing five games for my state? 
I'd still love to do that, but um, I'll keep arguing with the big guy, and I'll keep losing, and I'll keep going to Bible college. <laughs> so to sum up the point I really want to, uh, I really want to imprint on you guys is the order that we receive. So not the order that we give, the order that we receive is actually so much better than the order we ask for. Griffin McDonald's haven't figured that out yet, but God does. So, I'm pretty much willing to put money that every single one of us has gotten an order back that we haven't put in. But God knows us. God knows every aspect of us before he even created us. So, when it comes to our spiritual menu, don't you think he knows exactly what we need for the order? Sometimes we just need to for everything. Um, maybe that's just me and Jamie. The next one's the sauce. Who loves sauce? How good is sauce? Hams, right? Sauce in this metaphorical cheeseburger represents the things that distract us from what we need to focus on. How often have you dug into a burger and there's so much sauce you need a straw? And you get halfway through the burger and you're like, man, is this beef, chicken, or lamb? I'm not sure. But it's garlic oli, so it's a garlic oli burger and I love it. But it completely takes you off what you're actually eating. You get to the stage, you're actually so fixated on the sauce, you, you don't even know what animal the meat came from. <laughs> now, um, Peter has a chat about distractions. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. How appropriate is that, seeing we talk about eating? He is roaming around, prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's a pretty heavy, heavy concept. And now the thing about lions is um, lionesses hunt in packs, but lions, they don't. They, they hunt solo. But they are the laziest dudes ever. They're like these big, mean, nasty dudes, and they'll go for the littlest thing because they're so lazy, they can't be bothered going for anything bigger. And so a lot of the time what Satan does, he, he kind of waits and kind of like throws out little distractions for us. Like we kind of drop out guard, and he throws out another distraction, and drop out guard. And all of a sudden, we're just getting hit by something. We don't even realize what's happening until we sort of retrace our steps and realize, wow, I actually really strayed from where I was supposed to be focusing. But um, the Apostle Paul has a little bit of a, a different view on it. And uh, if you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So pretty much that means Tupac lies when he said he's struggled against things that no one else has because we all struggle with the exact same things. No one is unique with temptation, with struggle. We all have it. It's all pretty much slimmer. We'd all let's say, you know, we struggle with the same sort of things. It's, occasionally we have something out of left field, but uh, they're all usually pretty similar. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able 
to endure it. So what that's saying is it doesn't matter how much sauce is on your burger, there's a little drain somewhere in there. And if you actually look and just unplug it, anything is possible through God who gives us strength. Amen. So, we've gone through the bun, and we've gone through the sauce. Can anyone tell me what's below sauce? Lettuce. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry, is it dad joke time? Uh, Let us start. There we go, there we go. I feel disgusting. All right. So, lettuce is roughage. That's pretty much what it is. And I think that's so appropriate. Because who here has gone through a rough time in their life? All right, there are three people who aren't liars. That's good to see. We'll pray for the rest. (laughs) We all go through rough times. We all go through rough sections of our life. But we all know that going through those rough sections is when we really prosper. It's always the people that sit there and go, ah, yuck, lettuce, I'm not eating that. Those are the people who never grow. Those are the people who never spiritually mature because they're not willing to go through the rough patch to get to the reward on the other side. Now, there's... Ah, we'll get to that. (laughs) There is meat coming, I promise. We'll get there. You're not far off. You're not far off. You're not far off. Because it's Mother's Day, I'll be nice. Um, so if we put uh, Scripture in there, look at John 15, 20. I'll give you guys a minute to get there because I realize I've been screaming through this. How funny. I walked into church this afternoon. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for this. I got off the stage. I was like, oh, this is what Judas was like. Cool. So well, I've given you a minute. So John 15, 20, it says, Remember the word that I said unto you. The servants are not greater than the Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will always also keep yours. So he here understands that Jesus got persecuted. Cool. Who understands that there are a lot of people as well being persecuted. And there are a lot of different forms of persecution. We're not just talking about you know these, these brutal massacres that we're seeing in places like India and uh, Syria. Like there's there's a lot of persecution in Australia even. So the Bible does warn us and it doesn't just warn us once in John, it warns us all the way through the New Testament. You are going to face adversity. It's not a cheeseburger without roughage. It's the uh the amazing thing about the lettuce is it's a rough time, whether it's physical or mental or emotional or spiritual. When you bite through it, you're through it. And uh, a word of encouragement I'd like to give you guys regarding the lettuce I found in James 1, verses 2 to 3. And this is honestly one of my favorite verses. This is such a gangster verse. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. 
Who sits there and goes, oh, this is awesome. I just had a horrible day. Yes. Steve does. Okay. <laughs> Count it a joy when you meet trials. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Who thinks steadfastness is awesome? Who wants more steadfastness in their life? How do you get steadfastness? You plow through that lettuce. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Oh, that's cool. Who here lacks nothing? That means we all have lettuce ready to push through, don't we? Absolutely. Rough times. Rough times allow growth and maturity. And something I found is um, I've heard a lot of people, and I've done this as well, when they hit their lettuce, they describe it as an obstacle. They sit there and go, I've been stopped by this obstacle. And so I actually looked in the dictionary. I found the dictionary definition of the word obstacle. And this may actually surprise you guys. It's something that obstructs or hinders progress. Jamie, I will make you sit in the naughty corner. (laughs) You're killing me, man. You're killing me. You're killing me. All right. So for those of you who weren't listening, Jamie, the dictionary definition of obstacle is something that obstructs or hinders progress. In that definition, is there anywhere it actually says it stops you? No. Obstruct doesn't mean to stop. Hinder doesn't mean to stop. They slow you down, but even the dictionary admits that obstacles shouldn't stop you. Obstacles are something you're supposed to go over, around, under, through. It doesn't matter where, you just get to the other side of the obstacle. Even if it slows you down, obstacles are designed to go past. And so is lettuce. Because guess what's on the other side of the lettuce? Oh, yes, it is. Who loves cheese? I'm not sure if you guys have been suffering with the mouse plague in Griffith recently, but um, our house has had a couple of fairy little visitors. And um, I haven't been too keen about that because I've been sleeping in the lounge room because it's much warmer than my bedroom because apparently my bedroom is straight out of Antarctica. So I've been sleeping in the lounge room and I wake up and there's this little thing like, what's up? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's my start of the morning. So we got mouse traps, and I had to put peanut butter on the mouse traps because I was too scared. If I put cheese in the mouse traps, I'd catch myself with Jamie. but who knows that when you push through lettuce you hit cheese when you push through lettuce that's when you get that learning experience because that's what cheese is it's the life lessons it's the things that mature you it's the things that make you grow spiritually and who knows right at the end of those really difficult parts where you're like man how can I get through this What's going to happen? All of a sudden, you get through it. It's like a light bulb. You're like, oh, that's what I learned. 
Wow. I would have never actually learned that if I'd just given up. It's actually all worthwhile now. Here's one of the biggest things I learned. I, I don't know if anyone else has actually learned this without going through some lettuce. I didn't. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. I think that was the biggest leaf of lettuce I ever went through. And it was fire. (laughs) That's the amazing thing about the cheese. It's the cheese at the end of the lettuce. It's the lesson you learn. It's the thing that makes you grow. And guess what? You usually don't go through the same piece of lettuce twice. Why? Because you don't get the cheese. Why go back to the lettuce? There may be other slices of lettuce, but there's usually cheese at the end of that as well. Now, we have touched on this briefly, but um, I'm just going to get some audience input for a second. So, um, Mr. King, can you please tell me what the most important part of any bird is? Thank you, it's meat. Oh yeah. Beef. Huh? I was in a rush. I was in a rush. I had to be on the football field in like forty five minutes. I was like smashing out this PowerPoint. And I was like, beef, that's good enough. Ooh, that looks delicious. That looks delicious. I don't care what animal it came from, that looks delicious. And tonight it's meat. It's beef. So beef is your relationship with God. And who knows that's always right at the center, or it should be right at the center of the cheeseburger. It's your relationship with God. It should be at the center because it is the most important thing. You want to make sure that every bite of that cheeseburger, you're getting some of that meat. Find when I go to Macca's, I usually uh, eat half of the bun because that's all that's left. Because you've got those tiny little patties that are left in there. So, like half a mouthful later, you're eating bread with a little bit of lettuce. But uh, Isaiah talks about the relationship with God. And he says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, that's what Isaiah reckoned his relationship with God was like. Being in the presence of God. Is that revitalizing? How good is that? The most amazing thing, and I actually realized this this morning, I actually had to put this into the sermon after I'd written it. I realized the most amazing thing about the patty is God actually makes it optional. Who knows when you choose something, it's so much more special. I came from boarding school. When we had dinner, they used to slop this kind of like half-dead carcass onto our plate, and they're like, it's called mystery meat, enjoy. And we were just like, ugh, bread. But when you go somewhere, and you sit there, and you look at the menu, and you go, oh, how much more special is that? I mean, 
thing is, it doesn't matter how long it takes us to organize. It's just there waiting for us. It never gets pushed back. It's just on the memory chips. Now in Romans, the Apostle Paul talked about this specifically. He says, For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation. We're getting at this point that he's trying to be rather thorough. We will, uh, sorry, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in my head, but I've been pretty convinced that some of the things I've done in my life have completely destroyed that rule. But that's just a lie, isn't it? There's nothing that can separate you from God's love. Nothing that can separate us from Him wanting that relationship. That's always just there for us to take. Now, the sad thing is how many people actually go through their entire life, they go through Bread that they go from the buns to the sauce to the lettuce to the cheese, and they spend their entire life but never actually realize the value of the meatball. A lot of people go through life eating a salad sandwich when they could have a cheeseburger. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Strick. I'm sure most of us, if not all of us here, quite aware that we never go back to settling for a salad sandwich when there's a cheeseburger out there that would make us never want to brush our teeth again. That's how good that cheeseburger is that God supplies to us. (laughs) You don't brush your teeth again unless it's made from the cheeseburger. That's how good God's love is. That's how good the relationship with God is. But that's our responsibility. As Christians, we found the value of that meat patty. We know that turning a salad roll into a cheeseburger is a life-changing experience. Does anyone remember the first time they had a cheeseburger and they were like, Ah, yes! That's it! And that's our responsibility, and that's called evangelism. And who knows that God doesn't call specific people. It never says in the Bible, I call everyone to the to you know do evangelism as long as they're Jamie King, as long as they're Celeste. As long as they're Tim. I didn't want to leave you out. You're sitting there. Steve's the cameraman. Sure, she's doing a job. He's got a job. God's got a job. Everyone. Everyone in the world is called to evangelize. Everyone is called to be witness to God's amazing love, God's amazing relationship. So what I'd actually like to do right now, I was tossing up whether or not to do it, but I'm really feeling I should do it, is I'd actually like to call some people up if they'd be okay. I'm pretty sure I know everyone here. I'm pretty sure we all have patties in our cheeseburger. But if I'm wrong, if you don't really feel like you're is a meat substance in your life, if you need that relationship with God, I want you to come in front. 
I want to pray for you. Your burger is drowning in sauce, and you don't even know what beef tastes like anymore. You're really struggling, and you're just yearning to get rid of some of that sauce so you can dig your teeth into Jesus. I want you to come to the front. I want to pray for you. Yeah, I see you laughing. I don't care. I've dedicated myself to this. The last one, if you're struggling, you bite through the lettuce. If the things of life are dragging you down, if you're really struggling, I would like to invite you to come up to the front. I would like to pray for you. If there's anyone who needs prayer, if there's anyone who's not laughing at my weird metaphors, but if anyone needs prayer for anything, I'd really like to just offer you the opportunity to come up. I would like to pray for you. Father, I'd just like to pray for this, this group of people right now, this group of people that are taking time out of their time out of their Sunday night because they see the value in you. I want to thank you, Father, for their, for their hearts, the hearts that you have given them, the hearts that are passionate for you, the hearts that are passionate to bring others to you as well. Father, I pray for opportunities this week where we will minister to people who haven't tasted you people who haven't experienced you. Father, I pray that when fear grips us, when you give us that opportunity, that you will not let us escape, that we will minister to people. Because those opportunities are too easy to pass up just because it's scary. Father, I pray that through this group of people, through this church, that we can raise a next generation of evangelists that are going to reach the Murrumbidgee, they're going to reach Griffith and the Riverina, New South Wales, Australia and the entire world. I pray, Father, that you will turn these people into world changers. That by doing what they do with your love and your grace and your wisdom, that they will save souls. That they will bring people to you, Father. That people will be humbled by your very presence.